Hello, and welcome to episode 157 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have an interview with Kevin Rodatelli, writer of the upcoming Freak Snow, Washed in Blood, from Behemoth Comics in December of 2020. This is Matt, and Kevin, thanks so much for joining us. Before we get started, could you give us a a brief uh, bio about yourself? Yeah, sure. Uh, thank you for having me first. Uh, I was a publisher first uh, in the comic book world, an editor, had like my small indie label. We, we sold it a few years ago. And after, and the reason was because I wanted to create and while publishing, I did not have time to put all my energy into the creation of what I wanted to create, which was a uh, freak snow. So I started publishing and uh, I've been working on building this universe for the, the last three years. And uh, now it is uh, the beginning of releasing um, to the world, this world. (laughs) Very nice. And uh, how about a quick uh, synopsis or elevator pitch on Freak Snow? Sure. Uh, it's it's a book really for the fan of Fallout, Borderlands, Mad Max, Wasteland, all those type of weird post-apple world where everyone is freaking crazy. Uh, so uh, the story is pretty much uh, a young cult survivor that has, his father was uh, the mercy of, of the cult and he decided to make a mass suicide of all his family and the kid uh or the voice of the god of the, the, the cult that tell him don't die you are a prophet on this planet so he followed the voice of this god and started uh, going on the road of discovering his prophecy uh after the mass suicide of his family that's 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 pretty much what it is very cool so um in the in the bio about yourself, you had said that you were doing something uh, prior to this. Did you say that you were running or you were working in publishing uh, before this? Yes, I, I was actually running a publishing company. It was named Rats and Curls Publishing. We were in operation from 2016 to 2000, uh, 2018. And after we sold to uh, someone in Israel and he did shut down the company. But, but yeah, we, we sold the company that, just to start this production company that we, we, will announce, uh, we will announce really soon. That is Behind Free Snow and a few other titles that we are doing. So we did switch from publishing to production and we are in fully collaboration with BM, uh, BM on Comics it's uh those guys are really awesome and it's super fun to work with them very nice so this sort of operation has been in the works for for about three years after sort of selling that that other one and sort of building um this and this is is this going to be this is going to be the first sort of title from from this new line correct Yep, it's our first release of the line uh i'm partnered with rob cannon the artist of this graphic novel and uh, after we, we go into uh, releasing the line, most of the title gonna come out in March and Free Snow is the first EP that we launch in December. Very nice. So um, how long were you sort of, uh, did you have the idea for, for the story? Is this something that's sort of been in your mind for, for a long time or is this something you came up with pretty recently, like say like, th- like three years ago with the sort of switch in direction? Uh, Freak Snow, it's been a while. Like the universe of Freak Snow, it's been a really long moment because when I was a teenager, I was playing the, the games of Borderlands and Fallout. I was a big gamer. I had my YouTube channel and playing those games live on YouTube. And I'm from Quebec, the French part of Canada. And um, hot air, there is snow everywhere in winter. It's really cold. And I ate winter. Mm-hmm. So uh, I did actually march uh, my eighth for winter 
with those video games I really love and created this EP. So, and the story, it's pretty much a really personal tale. I've never been in a cult and stuff like that, but it's a metaphor of all I felt in this, um, in this winter world that I personally ate. <laughs> so uh, I created this EP and in this first graphic novel, you're following um, a fictional version of myself into this world. Very nice. Um, so, uh, when did you hook up with with Rob to, on the on the art here? Um, so, so, Rob, it's my longest collaboration in comics. We we were at the time running a when I wanted to start a publishing company. I wrote my first my first thing I did is actually going into a Facebook group, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I said, "Hey, I'm looking for title to publish." And Rob was uh, one of the person that did comment in 2016 on the post and say, hey, I would like to be published by you. And we just never stopped collaborating. And it, it became, at the time, partner with me on the publishing company. And now we are partner on the production company. So we, we will be doing Freak Snow uh, together. And he has his own EPs as well. And I have my own other EPs as well. So it's, it's been a while. Nice. And so uh, you guys had that connection online. Um, did Rob send you some sort of art samples pretty soon after replying back to, uh, to that post? Yeah, he did actually send me a full book that was named Saint Six. Super cool. Sadly, we never finished the story <laughs> on that one. But now that we are doing everything professionally, uh, for, for Freaks Know, we are going for a long ride. And I really hope that it will come back to Saint Six because I love the stories, but he had like some nightmare prediction on it. So he kind of surrendered to the production of it. But it's it's kind of uh print a photo but with the art of rob cannon so it's super psychedelic and weird into a world of gangster and super cool and i really hope that he will reboot that thing was the uh the was his art style on that book very similar to to the art style he has on freak snow which is uh uh I would say it's got a lot of, I, I don't know if you read like Gideon Falls by uh, Jeff Lemire and Antonio um, Certino. I don't know if I got that last name right, but did, did he uh, have this sort of style back then or is this something he sort of brought up with sort of the nightmare, mystical like uh, dream sequences that you have here? He always had this uh, art style and I, I really think that he's getting better and better to actually um, make it is getting to a point that I think is mastering this art style that is really unique to it, to him. And uh, yeah, he always had it. And I really think that he is nailing it <laughs> on everything that we are working right now. And especially on this graphic novel, since the process and the effort that we did put on this book, it was so huge and long that, um, that it's, uh, it did really put all the effort on the book. And I think he did like a gorgeous job on it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, one thing I was really struck by by Rob's style is his page design. He does a lot of different, uh, you know, a lot of different stuff, but it's not sort of, there's really no panels that are sort of your, you know, square, squared off, you know, nine panel grid, you know, boxy six panel grid. Um, what is your, your sort of your writing style to sort of hand a page over to, to the Rob to draw? So on that on that one, the collaboration was super interesting because we did it in a way that it's not, we, we did not have a script at first. Okay. Uh, all we did works actually, I was just like writing what I wanted in the, in the panel, but there was no uh, 
there was no um, dialogue and stuff like that. The dialogue were all written at the end of the production. And uh, I, I love a, a film director, and his name is Nicholas Winden Riffin. He is the director of Drive Neon Diamond, um, Bronson, some Andy flick uh, that really inspired my work. And he, he make all uh, his movies like that. So the, the comic book was actually done on post-it in my, in my office. And I was doing post-it for one post-it for each page on my wall. And it was really like a puzzle type of game that I was playing on my wall and sending picture to Rob. So it was a fun process of, of building this puzzle I wanted to make together. So there was no real script on t uh, until pretty much after the production. And half of the production, we started to make more of a script on certain type of scenes. But at the beginning, it was really... Uh, a puzzle that was not built yet and we're just making page like the book was not done in orders mm -hmm. there are some pages at the end that were done at first and, <laughs> and most of the beginning scene were all added uh, like a month or two at the end of the production so uh it was a really weird process but on the um the ongoing series that we're going to talk later um it's a uh, really more traditional. We are doing a script together. <laughs> it was really for this one. I wanted to go experimental because uh, it was the type of stories that I wanted to approach this way because uh, it did evolve over the years and was really fluctuating on the emotion was I was living in my personal life. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's, it's a, uh, uh, the process of making it was as experimental as what you're going to read. <laughs> Nice. So it seems like you guys for, for this book were doing sort of like a, a modified uh, Marvel style where um, I don't know if you're how familiar with with sort of like how the old Marvel comics work, but like, you know, uh, Stan would sort of give Jack sort of an idea of what he wanted and then Jack would disappear for the weekend, draw it, come back and then um, Stan would put the some of the dialogue in and sort of connect the, all the stories. So it sounds like that was something very similar to what you guys were doing. Were you sort of saying, hey, Rob, I want this page to be sort of like in this um, landscape slash dreamscape slash, you know, area. I want this to happen. And then he had the freedom to sort of design the play, the page and sort of, um, you know, add things and sort of get you to the to the point that, you know, you had sort of conveyed to him. Yeah, it was pretty much a director and a cinematographer type of relationship. So I mm -hmm. was coming on set for every page and saying like, oh, I want those panels, those panels, but go with your liberty. All would you put the lighting, all would you play the characters? And we were really building the pages together because I don't feel personally that an artist is at his best um, while uh, the writer really imposed everything on a page because an artist is a creative guy you know i think most of the good artists are so giving him the liberty to express himself as well in book and bring some of his perception and ideas into it as well i think it's what can make the best result of any book so or personally my my own books it's all i see them Nice. And do you have like a, like a background in film? Because the way you're sort of describing that, it seems like maybe you, you had a background in film. I'm, I'm, I'm really like a movie guy. So I, I, I actually watch more movies than read comic books. And I also like, uh, I'm also debuting as a director right now because my, um, I will always write comics because I'm in love with comics. But my, I will say my dream goal into this industry of writer it's actually to be a writer, director of, 
doing my, my movies. So I'm actually starting this week, <laughs> making my first professional directing gig. Uh, I'm making a music video this week. So it's kind of the beginning of this phase of my life. But um, yeah, I'm, I, I think in the movie way, it's probably why we did this process on, the, on that book, more into the comic book style. Because I did get in, into comic book really late in my life is when I saw the movie Watchmen by Zack Schneider. Because at okay. that time, for me, uh, comic book, because I never really had interest in, in uh, were, were for kid, you know, like anyone that doesn't read comics and did not go to a comic book shop uh, until late in his life. So I did watch the movie in theater, Watchmen, and I just, and I saw like based on a graphic novel and the DC logo and stuff like that. And I was like, wow, because it's, it's the total masterpiece in my opinion. And I really love this Zack Snyder film. And right after the movie, what I did, it's go to the comic book store, uh, go on Google, find a comic book shop and go into the shop and buy comics. And I started to be really in love with the medium. And uh, a year after I started to be partner at a comic book store, uh, store and for four years of my life, I was a retailer in a comic book shop. Um, so, and I sold, I sold my share to focus on creating at the same, pretty much at the same time uh, than the, the uh, publishing company. So, uh, I've been pretty much in all the, the, the possibilities that we, you can be in a comic book industry. And it's, it's super cool to like, I was as a retailer ordering from the preview and now being in the preview, it's, it's like a fun accomplishment for me. Very cool. Uh, so I think you are sort of the, the, the hopes and dreams that all of those comic book companies have when they, where they have that movie and they say, you know, based on the comic, because it's sort of like, well, this drive people to comic book shops. And, yeah. you know, a lot of times you hear naysayers say, no, that's not really going to happen. Or if they do, they're going to walk in and not know where to, where to start. They're going to see, uh, you know, they might see uh, a, you know, a book with a huge sort of like 300 issue number and be afraid to dive in there or sort of like what they saw in the movie is not what they're seeing and like, you know, something like that. The, the, the Snyderverse are, uh, you know, you know, a lot of people talk about this, but they're, they're sort of dark and gray, you know, sort of in the atmosphere, but then you walk into a movie, I'm sorry, you walk into a comic book store and then you see these, you know, bright, colorful, um, covers and, and panels so it might be a little uh, a little bit hard to get started but it sounds like you were, were one of those folks were you sort of surprised okay because you watched the Watchmen movie and then you picked up the book yeah. uh, were you surprised at how it was almost like uh, uh, you know the shots on the in the movie were almost a direct sort of recreation of the panels in the comic I was totally surprised <laughs> and just shown how great that movie was. And after I did go down into the Alan Moore stuff and I, I really like Alan Moore as a writer because it's kind of my first contact with comics, of course. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I'm the, I'm the living proof that movie can bring people to a comic book store. And, and for me, the, the work that DC and Warner did in the movie field did work on me. I know that there's a lot of haters, but this Zack Schneider stuff did really connect with me. And um, even Batman v Superman, I love this movie. Um, <laughs> so it's, I think that movies can really bring people to comic book shop. And after I did go more into Andy stuff, because I'm not, I'm not partially, I'm not a big superhero guy. Like I'm, I 
I'm more of an indie uh, lover and I, I want to go into that, into that kind of sphere. So I did go into image comics and start going to more uh, small, small press publishers and discover all the crazy stories there is in comics because uh, compared to the movie industry, when you go into a, a smaller indie comics, they have all the budget in the world to tell you a story. Like the artist can draw every explosion you want. They can put hundreds, hundreds of robots. But in indie small film, uh, the creative could be super, super uh, creative with their process. But they don't have the budget to put the millions of explosion in all those robots. So there is a big limitation in the movie business that doesn't uh, doesn't appear into the comic medium. So it's it's the reason why I really love comics and why I did. Uh, for four years, uh, change track and make comics and not start making movies before today because I feel now more comfortable going back into movies. So comics really give a freedom to our writers and, and, uh, and artists to do whatever they want beside a movie that's always about a budget because, well, it's live action most of the time and even animation is super expensive if you go into animation. It's not like comics that for a few hundred, for a hundred dollars or a few hundred dollars, you can make uh, a big budget looking type of action that will cost you uh, maybe 800 millions to do if it was a movie. Nice. So uh, just a quick question about the, the music video that you're getting ready to work on. Yeah. And you, you don't have to go into a lot of details, but are you, uh, are there any sort of like storyboards that you're using to sort of like convey uh, what you want to do with, with the band or anything like that? Because that would be a very close correlation to, you know, a comic book panel and a, a storyboard for, for a shoot or something like that. So yeah, we, we are actually super limited in the time. We have three days to make um to to make the the, the music video and uh, my concept is all recorded in a van like a nikona line because the album is named desert trip and mm -hmm. the the artists they actually go into california desert for for uh like three four months and write this album so and i'm, I'm gonna do all the clip in the van so we need the van before really making the storyboard because i know a lot of things gonna change when the van will be here okay. <laughs> so so we we will be planning like we think uh, tomorrow making some storyboard and uh because it's a one shot so we really need to to make like a tracking choreography that we can make into the van so we, we yes the, the short answer that i should have start with is yes there will be a storyboard we are actually making it at the moment and it's super tight because the album release is november 6 and uh the the press agent for to make the, the the promotion of the album need the clip two weeks before the release so we have like uh we need to shoot this week and the on the editing table with the editor next week so it's it's a really intense process. So the storyboard will be done like tomorrow, and we will shot on uh, Tuesday, like in two days. <laughs> wow, are you uh, are you drawing the the storyboard since it's sort of the you know you sort of maybe have this like creative vision in your head? Uh, yeah, I will be drawing. I'm a really bad artist, but since I'm working with uh, one cinematographer for the one shot, you're uh, gonna be with me when we will build build a storyboard so it would be more like a uh, just a way to track the choreography on the track mm -hmm. uh so so yeah i will be doing one one but i'm really bad artist <laughs> oh no that's okay it's sort of like uh uh you know as long as you i guess you can convey the information and the direction and everybody can understand it it doesn't you know a storyboard or something like that is almost sort of like a comic book 
uh, you know, layout or a rough yeah. where you're not sort of, you know, going in for all the detail, but you're sort of like, this person's going to be in this position. This person's going to kind of be here. Maybe the camera angle is looking at us that way. So like, you don't have to get like, you know, super in depth with like the, the detail of like, you know, the anatomy of the person and have like a perfect, you know, drawing, but with this sort of storyboard, um, like we said, it's almost like the, the you know, trying to play around and pick the layout for, for a page. Yeah, totally. And uh, as long as the sandographer and me, we understand what we did draw on the board, it's going to be fine because there is like one actor and is actually the singer of the song. Um, so there is not like many actors and a big crew on it. So we all do that inside a studio it's, uh, we control all the lights and uh, so the, the concept is pretty wild uh, my concept is actually we're going to be a one shot in the vein the camera going to be like a bug flying around while the uh, the singer uh, is driving the, the vein um, in the dessert and all the window of the van going to be uh, green screen where we're going to show images of a of his tour of his life for example like his wife quitting him and going with a kid and stuff like that like <laughs> some depressing stuff gonna be on each window there is like a maybe i think eight windows on the van so we'll be sh uh switching images like uh tv channel for example so it's gonna be a really intense psychedelic type of uh flip i hope it's gonna be working well like i have in my mind but uh, i have like a really good crew uh we we I'm happy to have like a, a good budget for it. So we got a cool crew uh, on the project. So it should be fine. Like all the technical stuff are, are in their hand. I'm just the guy like making the storyboard that made the, made the concept and going to be uh, directing it because, uh, and that's it. Like a technical guy going to deal with the green screen. <laughs> awesome. Well, let's turn our attention back to, to this book. So sure this book is going to come out from Behemoth Comics in... Yep. Uh, December of 2020, which means that people can tell their shops right now to to pre-order it. Um, I would assume probably the pretty easiest way is to either, you know, email your shop or call them up and say, I want Freaks Know, and they can sort of do the search and, and you know, add it to their pull list. Um, do you want to speak about the importance of an indie book and, and pre-orders, you know, it's not a big two book with, you know, Batman or, you know, Spider-Man on it. It's going to need to sort of uh, rely on uh, word of mouth and, and pre-order. So do you want to talk a little bit about that? Of course. Yeah, because it's a no-brainer for shop to go all in on the big two books because it's character that you already know for hundreds of years for most of them. So it, they got to hard it anyway every time of course on new series on number one or they, they, they will pull this more titles but for any book and especially in the time that we are right now that it's hard for every small businesses they won't take risks on most of the indie books that are out there because we are not the most no name in the industry they i'm not a name that you're going to recognize on the shelf yet <laughs> or any or, so so it's really important to order the book because your shop will probably want, or sometimes they do. Like uh, we we are really happy that Diamond did really like the book and put us in the spotlight books of the month. Oh, so cool. we are big, we are bigger in the catalog. We we got a spotlight spot, and I I, I hope it's gonna help a little bit to to make shine our book because Rob did a really really gorgeous cover. So some shop gonna harder because they they find a cover cool. They're gonna but 
most of the shop doesn't have time even to check what Andy guys does because they're the catalog is so 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 thick that um that it's take a lot of time to go through and really find what your readers will want in your shop it's sure as a shop owner like when I was, there is some title that I read in the description and I'm like, oh, maybe that guy Randy uh, will love it. It's a type of title that he normally pick up. So I will, I will take a guess and show in order and show it to him when it's going to come in the shop. But beside that kind of, uh, I'm going to guess that that guy going to love it. Mm-hmm. It's pretty rare that uh, the shop going to go on indie title without like someone asking for it because it's too much of a risk of something going to stay on the shelf for three, four, five years. And after going to uh, a long box and be selling for minus 50%. <laughs> so, so it's really important for you to ask the, the, uh, the harder code is uh, OCT20125. Uh, tree um so that's that's the article if you want to copy yeah i'll uh, put it i'll put that in the uh the show notes for the the podcast to make it as easy as possible for everybody thank you matt yeah so um a couple more questions um uh so um when you took this book and you pitched it to behemoth did you pitch it um as a complete thing or did you just send them like a, a few pages and uh you know, sort of like a document. How did how did you link up with the guys from Behemoth? Um, the, the collaboration with Behemoth just it's it's the kind of uh, a relationship that you know. At the second you start talking with with this person or with a crew of person that you know, it's a great fit. Like we we uh, we had like our first one called. Uh, I think they replied to my submission like two minutes after, and said, "Oh, we won that," and we had like a phone call directly after. And <laughs> me and Nat and the publisher, we just speaking directly buddy and uh, friends. Mm-hmm. So the relationship is really a friendly relationship now. And we're working on a lot of projects together because we have like the same kind of energy and same vision of marketing because my day job at the moment is I, I co-own a marketing company and I do marketing for music artists. Well, that's why I make music video right now. <laughs> that's, that's where my relationship with music come. So uh, I, I did come with them uh, to them with um, a marketing plan for the whole series and uh, send them all my um, my vision for it because it's not just like a one shot graphic novel. Mm-hmm. I have like an ongoing series that can go for for years, like Spawn. <laughs> that will be super cool, and I, so we'll love to do that. And I have like the, the privilege that that Rob is a full collaborator on it. We co-own the EP, so I don't have to pay him page rate. Uh, so it's not impossible to produce mm-hmm. and uh, that cost me like thousands of dollars for every issues on a monthly ongoing thing will be impossible for me. I'm mm-hmm. not Bill Gates. Mm-hmm. So the collaboration with them always has been great since the, the day one. Uh, <laughs> nothing bad to say to them. They, they have like a similar vision to me and a really uh, young vision of uh, marketing and really out there on social media and trying to bring attention through social media and uh, build up this audience of, of guys like me in the, the beginning and mid-20s that did grow up on video games. And it's not true that gamers cannot read comics. <laughs> I think that there is a crowd right there that are not into comics, that there is kind of a mission I want to go in and bring them to, to read comics. It's, <laughs> and that's, that's, 
that's kind of what Beamon want to do as well. Uh, we are working right now on maybe like 20, <laughs> I'm exaggerating, but 20 uh, video game APs to bring them to comic books uh, okay. medium. They just, they just released and, uh, the number one for Outline Mimi that is the biggest, the first big MDK game hit uh, ever, Outline Miami. And they just released like a comic book series for it. It was a huge hit in preview catalog and it continued to be a, and the release was so great. So we and we did bring a lot a lot of gamers that never read comics before uh, to this EP. So what what I do right now with Freakstone is really inspired by all those video game stuff, and um, I try to bring that vibe to comics uh, in a fresh air in some way. Or <laughs> I try to convince myself that I, I'm doing this. Um, because I think that there is a lot to to learn from the gaming industry, and it's not for nothing that right now it's the number one um, selling uh, um, uh, entertainment um, medium. It's because they are so good with marketing and making a cool fan base, and I mm -hmm. think that there is a lot to learn from that. Nice. So before we go to to the next series, what is the uh, what's the order cutoff date for folks to order uh, Freak Snow? Um. I think it's the 18th of the month, like the final one, uh, that the shop get a full discount to do it. And after mm -hmm. uh, you can until like the, the last day of the month to really order it. But if you do it for before the 18th, you, the shop get a bigger discount or something like that. But yeah, you, you can until the end of the month. Okay, cool. So yeah, we're recording this in the, the first couple of days of October here. So um, it'd be very important for anybody listening uh, that's you know heard the the premise and heard us talk about this to to act on that pretty quickly. Um, so you have another book coming out. Um, could you tell us a little bit about the 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 next book? It's a, it's an ongoing series. Is that correct? Yes. So after this standalone uh, graphic novel in the universe of Freak Snow, the the plan is that we launch in January uh, previous catalog the number one of the ongoing series set in the Freak Snow universe. So this one won't have like a subtitle. It's going to be just Freak Snow number one, and we start into this uh, ongoing series, monthly ongoing series, and we're going to do it as long as we're not too crazy financially to do it. <laughs> so, and the idea of the ongoing series is actually that uh, we follow freaks. Uh, in a mini, it's kind of multiple mini series in an ongoing series. So we start with a freaks that is named Bernie, that is a drug addict looking for uh, where he did lost his wife and mm -hmm. uh, a little girl. So he is this psychedelic trip and looking for them in this Westland, and he don't remember where he lost them. And all the ongoing works is we do the issue that's the number of issues that we want to do with this character. And uh, once we're done, you get killed, and we switch to the character that did kill that character, and we continue the ongoing with this new character. Or just a transition that is more getting than a kill, it will depend some time, but for this, uh, it could be a kill, it could be, for example, he find his family, and we switch, we switch to his little girl, and we, we switch characters at the last contact that you have with another freak. And uh, that's that's the idea of the ongoing. So we can we can develop a character for sometime three issues, and after go for ten issues on another one. Or um, we, we it's a really big uh, sandbox for creativity that we are doing right now on the ongoing. And we, we have couples. We have already like fifteen freaks that we want to explore, and we hope that we're gonna explore in, into this world. 
And the idea is pretty much, uh, imagine a black, a black male war was um, a post-apocalyptic uh, series, but into the comic book format. So when an episode okay. is finished, we switch to another, um, another freak and we tell his story. But the world is completely ongoing. So the timeline stay always the same. We just switch character. Very cool. It's... It sounds very close to, but not exactly like the the sort of the Hellboy model where you sort of, you get six stories that, you know, tell a story um, and then there might be some time and then another Hellboy sort of five, six issue series comes out, which is a story, but they all sort of move the collective universe in, in one direction. And so it sounds like very something very similar here with, with Freak Snow. Yeah, it's a similar format, but we, we're going to play more into the ongoing and really feel that it's more organic. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's, this, it's pretty much the same concept, but with a more organic timeline. And, and Rob is the, the, the artist on that one? Yeah, he is fully the artist on this one. And uh, we did like a different, a little bit different art style for the ongoing because the one on the, um, the graphic novel take too long to produce to go monthly on it yeah. so we did find a new way to um you did find a new way to draw and not make it look like more cheap or, or something just it's go quicker and we just just change slightly his style to something that is a completely different vibes but at the same time you find the same energy and uh, elements that you you had like in graphic novels so it's super cool that we go into a different direction but we we still feel uh the freaks no vibe into it very cool. Um, so uh, one thing about the 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 the, the one shot uh, that I really liked was the the lettering. Is it the same letterer on the the ongoing series? Um, it's gonna be uh, Wonder Person uh, and written by Rob. So it's okay. still super weird um, in the way of making the lettering, mm-hmm. and we're gonna have some computer written uh, written stuff as well. Like we did, it's really similar to what we did on the graphic novel. We really okay. want to bring, really want the, the lettering to be like a the special touch of Freak Snow. You recognize Freak Snow by his lettering, and we 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 want to bring them to the bring that to the ongoing as well. Nice. So I would think that writing an ongoing monthly series, you and Rob, or do you guys have sort of like daily sort of uh, conversations as far as like this page is at this stage and you guys are like, you know, trading files and and talking pretty much uh, all the time? So for the ongoing uh, series was a different process. I'm not the uh, only writer like on the graphic novel. Uh, Rob co-write with me just to okay. ac- uh, accelerate the process. So I sent him the story uh, of, of uh, the issue. So at this page, something happened. At the second page, something happened. And he come back with a script after that he did wrote. And after we, we kind of cook the dialogue uh, together and he go on the issue and I, I let him do it because we don't have time for daily and change stuff and, mm-hmm. and things like that. So it's a really like, I trust you, Rob, do it <laughs> type of situation. And um, so I just build a story and where we want to go. And after we, we, we make the final touch on the script that Rob did, because it's kind of a, there is some improv as well into the way that you make battle scenes to go faster and not like uh, have some conflict on how we want this scene to be. So I trust really am on the project. Very cool. So the the plan for this is this we should be able to see this in the January previews uh, for release in March. Is that correct? 
It's correct. And okay. something really cool that we're going to do, uh, I'm, I'm sharing exclusively with you. Right now. Nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, so for number one, uh, we, did uh, we did collab with um, a charity that buy a winter coat for uh, homeless people. So for the number one, we're going to give all the profit of a cover to, uh, to buy a winter coat for homeless people. So that's, that's going to be in the previews and we're going to raise money like that with the cover. That is, that is, that is great. Uh, and that is very sort of uh, helping out. And I'm wondering if uh, you had mentioned earlier your time in, in Canada and how you, you, you hated the cold. You're sort of, uh, you're sort of paying back and, and helping out folks that, that are yeah. unfortunately have to deal with those, those elements. I can believe that someone can stay outside at minus I don't know what degree and and just stay alive. And mm -hmm. uh if this and I really want to help this little way, I wanted to find a way to 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 I wanted to 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 put with a series of uh codes that really worked it and makes sense to go with the series. Mm -hmm. And I think it's kind of a, a cool way to to join Freak Snow to an original cause, not like something that, uh, not the cause that everyone, kind of cause that everyone is backing, finding something that it's probably getting no helps or none at all uh, in the, like in the artist community or, or anything that could help this foundation. It's a really not, no foundation, but I think it's really novel because there is, uh, I don't have the number in front of me, but there is every year's hundred of homeless people dying in the winter uh, of cold. Uh, so, so I hope it could be cool that with comic books we save life uh, this winter. Yeah, that that's really awesome, and I, uh, you know, I, I I celebrate you sort of taking the the action to to help everybody out. Uh, I guess sort of you know you described the uh, you know that situation there with you know somebody who unfortunately um is is exposed to the elements not might not have the the means to to, to stay warm and you're you, you're helping them out there um but sort of i guess transitioning from from that situation uh you know here we are in 2020 in october we've been going through sort of a pandemic for you know since about march mm -hmm. where we've you know, been taking it seriously and staying staying safe and stuff like that. Um, how did sort of the, the you know, the pandemic and COVID and how did that sort of affect, um, you know, you as an indie publisher um, in, the, in trying to get the, you know, the release of this book uh, all squared away? Uh, it did totally re retard our process. We were supposed to launch the book in, in June and okay. Diamond did shut down for, I think, two or three months. So all the catalog of BMON did be uh, delayed like any publishers at that time. Mm -hmm. So, and I decided with BMON because I wanted, I'm like, oh, if we're going to delay the book, would be cool to have it uh, for Christmas season. So that's why we released on December 2. And, um, and yeah, it did really delay the thing, and we did not launch uh, what we were supposed to launch with them in collaboration as a production company. Uh, and we just got to launch in March. So we, it's kind of delay everything for six months in my case. But I, I was fortunate enough to, 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 to still have on the marketing side um, jobs that could make me leave. So I was not in the baddest situation <laughs> that I could be. So I, I was really fortunate at that time. So I, I don't. I don't have to complain. So nice. So um, 
I have a question for you. Um, so you had spent all, I think you said about four years working in retail in a shop. So, yep. uh, you know, in December when this book is on uh, a comic book shelf, uh, are you going to, are you going to walk into to the LCS and sort of take a moment to, you know, of course, being safe, wearing a mask, socially distancing, uh, but just take a moment to sort of savor uh, seeing the book on, on a shelf with, with other books. Oh, of course, of course, I can't wait for that. And I actually like, um, it's not sure, of course, because here in Quebec, we are going into a second lockdown right now. Uh, okay. It's going to be official, like in the, at the end of the week, they lock down everything. So I had like a big tour planted of singing in comic book shop. Uh, <laughs> so it's going to be probably canceled. I'm crossing fingers that in December is going back to normal or not normal, but uh, to a state where I could do this singing. Uh, we, we were going in full production, like with mass and love mm -hmm. and some plexiglass um, for, for the singing. Uh, so I, I was going into a, tour mode but uh of course it, it's it's not realistic in the time that we are right now and um so i gotta stay home probably but i of course at the release of the book and i i personally still go weekly to my comic book shop to support the guys and mm -hmm. just pick up some books uh because i know all art of a business it is to sell comics and um the guys that are running comic book shop right now they are warrior and true passionate people about this industry because uh it's it's a really really hard business and you need passion and love for it to 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 stay in business and share with your customer that love at, the, at this time uh you you are really you are a real hero uh to this industry because without retailers uh the comic book industry is pretty much nothing it's it's, it's <laughs> they're the one sharing the passion to new readers it's Sometimes you, you will grab someone on the internet, but I think that most of the new readers, when they jump into the shop and they have the comic book store guy that say, hey, how can I help you? And uh, he say, oh, I just, I'm looking for something. And, uh, and then the passion starts to someone. So they are the, pe they are the people behind um, all of us and everyone reading comic books. So it's really important for me to, to support them in any way and just try to, to 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 make us go through this as an industry I'm, I'm i'm really small into this but if i can give a little dollar every week i will no no i i i, I agree with you um sort of my situation was i'm uh you know i just sort of you know i was going in every wednesday and then when march came i was like hey guys i'm gonna i'm gonna keep getting my books but just put them in the mail and send them to me. So cool. um, I'm doing it that way. So in the pre-interview, before we started to hit the record button, you had told me that you had some stuff going on with uh, with some video games. It seems like you're, you know, you got your hands in a lot of different things, you know, uh, music video directing, some, some work in some video games, uh, you know, the love of comics and ongoing series. Um, is there any, is there any sort of story in any of these mediums that you want to tell? Do you want to tell like a, like a science fiction story, a weird Western, a crime story? Um, is there anything else that you're sort of either working in your head or trying to develop a, a pitch for? Um, my dream right now, uh, I would say at the moment because I'm really into the freaks in the world, uh, I want to pitch a TV series that is like 
the, the, the format of anthology that every episode, like the ongoing series, but now it's going to be just one episode. We're going to follow a freak for one episode and for the next episode, it's going to be another freak. Like all every episode is a short film, like Black Mirror and uh, all those anthology series produced by the streaming services. And I will dream of that, even if it's not me, to have like post-apocalyptic series that every episode is just a different survivor in this world that you follow is tell uh, into this madness of a world. And that's that's something I would love to do uh, or get made in some way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's something I would love. And as a director, I had for a long time like a dream of making a one-shot war film. It's It was done by 1917, but I will really want to do like an action film that is directly in the battle film they feel different to what they did that was more grounded on the character and really slow pacing i would love like arnold schwarzenegger type of movies commando style but one shot into the battle film i'm not sure it's something possible technically but it's something i would love to do that's 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 really cool well kevin um i have had a chance to 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 read the the preview copy of this one shot and i'm certainly excited about the the ongoing series that's following but uh, as we close up here why don't you um give us uh sort of again sort of tell us a little bit about the the freak snow book that's coming out very soon and what's to follow and also where folks can follow you on social media to keep up to date with all this stuff Cool, yeah. So Freaks No Washing the Blood is the name of the graphic novel. Uh, it's 80 pages. It's right now in the, in the previous catalog. You, you can find it at page 251. Uh, <laughs> it's the Spotlight book. And it's just uh, $9.99. So we did prices at a minimum for a graphic novel to get most of the person into it. And of, of course, Elb Comic Book Store as well uh, at the moment. And the story, you follow little kill survivors that uh, just hear the god of the kilt and go into a messiah prophecy uh, on his own. So it's a crazy tale, f- a fan of Mad Max, Borderland, Wasteland, uh, the Book of Valley, all those type of uh, post-apocalyptic world. You're going to love this book, I think, because it was made with my passion and love for this subgenre. And uh, that's, that's pretty much it. You can find Freak Snow uh social media it's always freak snow uh on instagram twitter facebook same thing for me kevin rudy telly on facebook instagram and twitter very cool well we're gonna link uh to all that stuff in the show notes we're gonna highlight the the previews code to, to make it as easy po- as possible for anybody to uh to tell their shops that they want uh kevin sort of I can tell just talking to you on this podcast, the excitement that you have for, for this story. Um, so it was great uh, talking with you. Um, and if you want to come back and talk to us when the, the ongoing series launches, we'd love to have you back on. Thank you, man. Of course. And I'm, I'm going to bring Rob as well. The artist ain't going to be a fun conversation together. Yeah, definitely. We would, we'd like to touch base with Rob as well. Awesome. Well, again, everybody, the book is Freak Snow. Um, it's in previews now, um, but you'll be able to pre-order it now to, to pick it up in December. So make sure you, you go ahead and do that. Um, I'd like to thank everybody for listening. Uh, if you could give us a rating and review on the podcasting service you use, we'd really appreciate it. If you want to follow the podcast on social media, we are on Twitter at ConstructComPod. We're on Instagram as Constructing Comics Pod. Facebook and YouTube is Constructing Comics. Also, please check out the Facebook page for Ageless Press. There you'll see a lot of information for the Dino Thrashers Kickstarter 
Um, I'm acting as the publisher with Ageless Press there. And Noah, my normal co-host on this podcast, is the artist of that book. So it's a lot of lot of cool stuff. It's uh, 80s cartoons, uh, action heroes, sort of all combined. Uh, so check that out. Um, nice. Links for, links for that as well as Kevin's stuff uh, in the show notes, everybody. So please remember that. So uh, thanks for listening. Please be safe to, please be safe, be nice to each other and go out there and make some comics and we'll be back very soon. Thank you.